Welcome to Growth Amplifiers. I am Kenny Harper. Growth Amplifiers showcases ideas from the top business owners and entrepreneurs to inspire and empower you to thrive in your life, business, and achieve a higher purpose. I'll be sharing actionable insights you can apply towards your business in each session. Growth Amplifiers is dedicated to you, your success, and fulfillment. Get ready to amplify. Hey there, Amplifiers. Thanks for tuning in. You know, one of the coolest things that can happen is when you connect with awesome people and they bring awesomeness in your world. And it happens every day. But far too often, we connect with people and then we lose connections with people. And at the end of the day, isn't that what business is made up of? People? It's about connecting. And one of the great ways to connect is to build a community. And our guest today is a rock star professional when it comes to building successful communities. He is the founder of Roundtable Labs. He is the Quasar Cowboy, the advisor to the advisors. And I'm really excited to have him on today. This is none other, if you haven't guessed, just from his picture or his name, the fabulous Richard Ropa Roberts. He's well-decorated. I'm not even going to go through all of his credentials. He's got a well-decorated credentials from being one of the best-to-watch influential people in accounting, um, from being a successful advisor, um, consulting Hall of Fame, and the author of books, podcasts, and more. Richard, welcome to Growth Amplifiers. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I, I hope to live up to that introduction. That was quite an introduction. Thank you so much, Kenny. Well, I appreciate you guesting with us. I saw you live for the first time at QuickBooks Connect. My first Quick QuickBooks Connect. Yes, it was like QuickBooks Connect. Yes, that's what it was. And it was really cool to see you take um, what I've experienced visiting one time in Roundtable Labs, this wonderful community, and facilitated a live session of Roundtable Labs. But before we get into that meet, um, for those who may not be as familiar um, with you and your background, if you wouldn't mind indulging me, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, we're looking to see if you would do a two-minute intro, approximately two minutes. Um, why do you do what you do? What got you here today? Oh, very interesting question. I like it a lot. There's a lot of layers. Uh, it started out as a means of survival. I moved to Palm Springs and uh, was laid off from my job the day after my house closed. And I think they were holding off on that until the house closed. Um, but it gave me an opportunity to figure out what's next. And I was like, well, I guess it's time to start a business because Palm Springs is nothing but retirees, restaurant workers, and doctors. So high average age here in Palm Springs. And so lots of doctors and lots of eating out. So there just wasn't another W-2 job for me to go to that uh, I could see quickly. Mm. I, I started this very roughshod manner, wasn't sure what I was going to be doing. And I found very quickly that um, uh, as a business coach, I was gaining a lot of clients, more clients than I could handle, actually. And so <coughs> my apologies, I'm just getting over the flu. So I came back with uh, the flu and COVID and a lung infection, all kinds of things from Kiwi Connect. So <laughs> Me too. Uh, not all that stuff will still happen. Um, but I, um, uh, to continue with that, um, 
when I realized that I was maxed out in the one-on-one world, I immediately thought, what could the next offering be? It was group. And I didn't want to do group coaching because I I just, I don't feel like that's a great scenario uh, every time. And so what ended up happening is I had five prospects. I put them all in the same room together and magic was born. And so quite by accident, Roundtable Labs grew out of that initial five meetup, uh, five people meeting up in a, in a prospect call. And there was, there was this magic of what are you trying to solve for? You know, the standard intake type things. And they were solving each other's stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, we need to keep this going. And so Roundtable was born, although we did not have a name for it. And, and uh, it was about six months that I had been billing this thing as the unnamed Roundtable project. Just a cute, pithy, funny name. Uh, but it worked until one of my members came to me and said, I finally know what we should call this thing. And I said, well, tell me what? She said, not the only one round table. I'm like, that's kind of an odd name. (laughs) Tell me the backstory there. What's going on? She said, because no matter what the issue is, no matter what the problem is, somebody has been there before me in this group. And so as a result, I am not the only one to need this problem solved. I'm not the only one to uh, be able to fast track getting there by pulling information out of other people. And so not the only one round table was born. And that was our only round table for the first six years, maybe five, five and a half. And from there, we, we hit max capacity. We started rolling out other round tables, some specialty round tables that focus on uh, individual specialty niches. Mm-hmm. And then some other ones that, that had some more had some bigger, deeper thinking topics like uh, our Empower Your Passion roundtable, which is absolutely by far uh, one that I, I love it when people check into that one because it's it's all about the things that get in your way, the brain things, the I'm not good enough, the uh, who am I to charge this much money for my services when my competitor down the road is charging $20 an hour. So. To answer your question directly and not spin off into a pitch for Roundtable, I got into this because of a sense of people needing the assist, and we built it as we went. And so that's why I do it, because people needed the help. And what keeps me going is we keep having amazing stories where Two firms will come together, create this whole new thing like co-firming, which we talked about at QB Connect. Um, we've had mergers in, am I way over two minutes? I can talk. No, my my younger son is coming in. He's just coming uh, in for a book. No worries. No They're worries. They're off for I always want to encourage young kids to read. So yay, that's a good thing. All right. So why I do what I do? Because I saw the results that were happening. You know, we We can all go to a webinar, but a webinar is talking at you, not with you. There there might be five minutes for questions at the end or questions as you go in a chat. Roundtable, though, is interactive. It's not a talking head that is espousing their beliefs. We look at issues from all sides, and there's often more than two sides. So take a topic like hourly billing versus fixed fee billing. 
um, instead of just saying, this is the way that the experts tell us how to do it, we dig into why people are making modifications to what the experts are saying. How are they making it work in their firm? Are they tracking time? Are they not tracking time? We dig in to as many topics in each session as humanly possible. So we're not expanding the topic with a lot of fluff. We're getting down to the answers. And then when we're done, we move the stage to a completely different topic that may be unrelated, but it's always about solving for the need of the day. So somebody somewhere in that group has asked, can we solve this issue today? Nothing brings me a bigger smile than solving those issues. I, I love that uh, you, you do spark people to tap into their inner greatness. And it's a, it's a great way of um, facilitating discussions as we get into the big three of this big three. interview. Um, one thing we're talking about is why community I even put in the notes community beats content and that could be a debated point but I think it does in today's day and age number two how to begin what are some things that someone might be able to do um, to begin a community if they realize hey this is something I'm interested in but I don't know where to start and then you probably could tell us maybe some things to avoid um, whether you've tried some things or you know some others that have tried some things and some things that they could avoid. And then make sure that you stay tuned into the end as we pick Richard's mind for some of his top picks. Uh, so if you haven't done so already, you're new to this channel, make sure that you subscribe. We're always looking to amplify. And we're going to be getting into right now why community, why does community beat content today's day and age? And Richard, love to get your input on the value of community and why it's so vital and why people should be paying more attention to that. I, I believe that there's a, a good balance to be achieved between content and community. Um, looking at Lysio's content program of The Grove, which is completely free, and it is hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of articles and videos and all the things that, that make up the, the great content that is put out by the community. A lot of, a lot of content though, is very self-serving. It's about buy my product, buy my book, buy my thing. Mm -hmm. at the end. And I, I was tired of watching, uh, webinars that took a topic that could be talked about in 10 minutes and pushing it to an hour to fill that time slot, to make it worthy of the people's time and attention. I also noticed another trend of, well, if I can't be there, they'll send me the recording, which in survey after survey after survey of our members, nobody watches those recordings. Nobody watches those recordings. How many of you watch Kenny, be honest? Um, usually not very often. It just may, if it's really, really a critical thing that I was really wanting to find out, maybe, but nine times out of 10, if you say you're going to go to a meeting, you don't show up for it. You're not going to watch the recording. It's exactly. And so I realized there was a big administrative lift on that kind of thing. So one of our core tenants is you have to be there to participate, but going back to the, the initial question, why? Because time and time again, it's 
it's it's a proven scenario that you get two brains in the room and you have the equivalent of three or four you got 10 in the room and you have a, a you have basically a hive mind which are tapping into the experiences the knowledge and sometimes the misperceptions of the way that people organize their thought processes organize process in, in general in their company are charging wrong don't understand there's a better way and i don't want to say it's a peer pressure model but it definitely has seen people i've seen people over and over and over again or like i'm never going to charge for a file assessment why would i do that i'm i'm literally charging them to give them a quote i'm right. like oh, there's so much more in there you're you're charging them specifically so that you can evaluate the work and i i have an analogy that's one of my favorites that that that's free tip of the day mm-hmm. um uh, it's when you do an assessment as a bookkeeper or an accountant it's the same as going to the dentist and the dentist even being willing to take your records from your previous dentist the first thing that they're going to do though is have you get in the x-ray chair and that is so they can evaluate exactly what's being done and you pay for those x-rays whether it's through insurance or not you pay for them and then from there what happens the person comes in to tell you the long-term plan here's everything we need to fix before we can actually get started on a routine maintenance schedule um they're they're going to tell you you have gingivitis or you need to do this other thing and they're going to give you a timeline and the cost on that that is the equivalent of we have to do a cleanup on your file you don't know that if you don't dig into it ahead of time and so you're often cleaning up as you go uh we see that people often really undercharge for cleanups we always suggest that you should incentivize them to never have to do a cleanup again i hear it all the time that oh well, i have this client he comes to me every year and we do a cleanup and i, I charge him $500 and we move on our way you're never incentivizing that that client to do any kind of monthly ongoing work with you because most of the time you're going to be charging 3 to $500 for that monthly work and you've now given him an 11 month discount on that one of the things that i know i've had to bring up to people is is a way you know it's always about you know providing a value being an amplifier in the world so some people say well i feel like if i try to sell them additional ongoing services then i'm i'm being more self-serving and i'd have to have them reflect and say well do you believe that you'd be helping them more if you had longer more engaged relationships with them they're like oh of course i could help them so much more i'm like well then that's how you serve them you're you're doing it authentically enrolling someone you see a possibility you've got to be able to share that with them and enroll them to help them on their behalf and i mean you benefit as is kind of like the the cherry on top but you're there to serve your mission of helping others and then you can uh, get that in return because you're providing value but just that that framing is really important because if if somebody's thinking it's it's feels wrong to try to offer that then they don't do it then they're actually disservicing those they serve 
I, I actually encourage people to, when they're scoping out an engagement, oftentimes we'll see in, in such engagements, hey, this price is valid for a year. I, I encourage people to actually say, we should be able to talk about price increase and service increases at any time. In fact, once we get past the cleanup, we start the monthly bookkeeping, um, we may find that down the road, we want to change service providers or change payroll providers or create a whole new thing mm -hmm. for any particular client. So being able to have those discussions without the barrier of, well, I've got a one, one year contract in play and I'm, you know, it renews in January and I'm always busy in January. So they've been at the same price for you know, five years. That's poor planning <laughs> and, and it, it, it's, it's poor planning in such a, a disastrous manner to say, this is the only month that we can increase the price. I watch people every day who are three years behind on bringing their clients current to just a current level of pricing. Another pro tip, we may not save them all for the end, uh, but another pro tip is don't price for today. Price for six months from now and also always include, if you're doing fixed, I suggest always including um, uh, the unknown cost. So mm -hmm. for instance, uh, you may have extra meetings. You may find that they want to do, uh, that they're very communicative. So it's three to 10 emails a day or three to 10 Slack messages a day or whatever your communication method is, but they're outside the average and the norm. And so being able to price them potentially six months from now, then you're not regretting the price that you chose six months ago. And the way that I suggest looking at that is if you've got to look at their books and you know that they've grown on average 20% every year, if you're pricing for what the work would cost today in six months, you're behind. Right. That's, that is a working ahead, looking ahead. So like you mentioned, you don't want to paint yourself back into the corner. Um, Richard, as we're, as we're talking about community, again, you kind of shared your story in the beginning and I appreciate you doing that, how you got started. Um, you can, you ran into this realization of you can only service so many people and you needed to think about creating a different model, a different way. And that's one of the um, challenges that a lot of people that I've um, been connecting with and helping are running into. They, they're maxed out. They're, they become their own bottleneck and they yeah. need, and they need to be doing things in a different manner. And they get so busy just catching up with a whirlwind. They, they can't th think about doing new things. Right. And then they're just, they're just continually putting out fires. So how do you begin, how do you begin taking the action to start taming that whirlwind and changing and cultivating uh, a different manner in particular, cultivating a community, a group that can come together and do things in a different regard. Several of our members have created uh, their own communities for their clients, for other accountants. And I encourage that because it is not about just come to my community and be a part of this. It's about encouraging people to do what they need to do to further their initiatives in their business and in their lives. Uh, so I, 
I still support every one of those communities that have been an offshoot that, that I have nothing or very little to do with because they're important. You know, if you feel it is a need for your clients to have their own community, I encourage that a thousand percent. So how to get started? First, you have to recognize, is there a need? Is there a need to create a, a community within my business? Um, but there's some, there, there was several layers to the question that you asked. So I want to, I want to also, you know, they've maxed out their time. So the answer is not always to start something new at that point. The answer is to get organized, create efficiencies, look for efficiencies in, in your employees, make sure that you are um, aligned in the goals. For instance, if you're still charging hourly, there is absolutely no incentives. And if you're paying hourly, there's no incentives for your employees to become efficient, no matter how many times you talk about it. Mm -hmm. Efficiency though, um, when they understand it, because what they hear when you say, we need to get more efficient is less hours that they're going to get paid for. So more work, less hours. No, it's about creating a model of repeatable scenarios that can be done over and over again so that you can take on more clients, have the amount of hours that you want your, your people to have. Um, so I, I always start with, and we actually, our very first um, second round table, that didn't make a lot of sense, but when we added a secondary round table past, not the only one, the first one was called get out of your own way. And it was because we realized there is a severe need. Once people hit a certain dollar number or a certain number of employees, and it's you never know which, um, they tend to be in their own way a lot. I'm still the only one that can do onboarding because I am the one that can do it the best. And you shouldn't hire people that you don't trust to do things the right way. So recognizing that your employees have talent, oftentimes just like the business owner themselves has talent because 99 times out of a hundred, they worked in a W2 environment and they had a boss who wanted to hold on to the important stuff and just wanted the mundane done by the employee. So there was never room for growth. There was never an opportunity to share ideas and how do we become more efficient, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the key principal concepts that that round table has changed its name uh, um, because our original host of that went off and created her own community. And she has a, actually has a podcast launching next month. I'm super excited for her. Her name is Anna Reddy and our new host of what is now called cultivation through accountability is Alexis Sadler. And she is one of the best out there. This is kind of our premier roundtable. It's business owners who've hit that stage where they no longer can handle all the work. They have employees, they have structure, et cetera, but they're always in their own way. And so it's about creating accountability for getting out of your way and uh, recognizing that it's possible. And that a great, great story that, that I have. One of our members, when she first met me, she said, my only goal is to get a day off in the near future. The typical overworked, uh, maxed out business owner of an accounting firm. 
she was constantly in this seven day a week phase of running her business. We hired her through what I thought at the time was a backwards model, uh, an accounting manager, even before she had bookkeepers to work with. And that was because the accounting manager then took on the role of setting up repeatable processes, processes for individual clients, all the backend work that needs to be done to allow her to take that day off knowing that these things are coming and they're in motion and in play so that we can expand. I think she's nine or 10 times larger than she was prior to that date. And she actually is also running a round table specifically around um, employment issues and management training. And those round tables are all under the name um, dream to team because I've been dreaming about getting it and now I want a team. And the, that host, I, I want to give her a shout out because she's amazing, is Angela Maine Roberts of Maine Accounting. Um, and uh, that roundtable has been open for three months and it is maxed out almost on how many people we can have in it because it's that popular of a topic. You know, holding yourself accountable, getting out of your way, and doing things the right way. It makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of um, tunnel vision we can get when we're in the thick of it. Yep. And, and by getting different perspectives, you can kind of break those those paradigms, those, that tunnel vision that you're getting by getting that input from other people, getting their input, and having them challenge maybe your tunnel, view, tunnel vision view. Um, so... Now we're talking about... I, actually, can I add one more thing? Sure. So my own experience, actually, mm -hmm. 2023 is going to be the year that I actually lean on the community for me. I, I have been trying to solve two very big problems in the company. And I realized other people in my community have the expertise. And I did that same thing where I was in my own way. Oh, well, I don't want them to know the the backend stuff that's going wrong, et cetera. Guess what? They still were able to help me. They still solved the issues. And we created a stronger, better bond because I opened up about it. So the biggest thing to be aware of in communities, especially where they're cooperative communities where you're solving things together is I like to think about it as nothing is off the table as far as the discussions, but you have to drop the notion that every other bookkeeper and every other accountant is, is mortal competition. There are not enough bookkeepers, nor are there enough accountants to go around for all the small businesses in this country. So there's plenty of fish out there and there are plenty of people to work with. Now, back to your agenda, point number three, I think we were at, sorry about that. No, I appreciate that. That's a really good point because, you know, early when I started my career, you, you're you're just trying to get enough work to survive and it seems like you're fighting for scraps. You, you can easily get in that perspective, but then you, then you really become aware there is more, I couldn't even handle a small fraction of the business that's available yep. um, and the people that I connect with and collaborate with, there's, there's plenty enough for 
a team of, of good people, a team of amplifiers who are in the world. Everyone has a different unique spin. Everyone has brings different value to the table. And some people may resonate with one style and other people may resonate with another. And it's not a wrong or right. It's just people are different. So I, I really do appreciate that, that abundant mindset and come together, synergize, find a way to make things work. We can, anything is possible. Now, I, I told you I was going to hang up on you if you use the word synergy. So you, you came close. Now, <laughs> I, I'm joking. I, I am not a fan of the word, but I, I get what you're saying. And, and you are 100% correct. When you, when you look for those overlaps and those, those things that other people can help with, it becomes an easier lift. We, we have so many people. We have um, almost 300 people in the group now. And what we have realized is, and I never intended for it to be a networking group or a group where it was like, we pass this much business, like BNI, that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. But last year, and, and we don't even officially track it. This is just people telling me we passed at least $2.2 million in business to other firms inside the table. So it's really nice to have uh, the ability to say, Hey, I got a client that needs certified payroll and I don't know how to do that. But if there's an expert in the room that knows how to do that, I would love to chat with you. And they often work out a scenario where it's not just passing a referral, but it's passing a referral with something going back to the originator for doing the initial discovery work. I love that it's not synergy. It's definitely not. <laughs> um all right so we're we're now coming to the third and this is just maybe some things to avoid when it comes to creating community and i do like that you did put the preface early on that community is not for everyone it's not the everyone needs to have a community but what is happening in today's world are the people who work to really build um, an awareness with their audience, build a bond, have that rapport, have that transparency and connect and let their brands cultivate its own community. They're being able to create something that wasn't even possible a few years ago. It's a trend that's happening and small business that once upon a time didn't have the tools or resources to be able to do it are now being able to and if you think it's too much to do, you don't have to start it overnight. As you mentioned, it can be you start something, you plant a seed and thinking in the future what you're looking to create. If you're looking to differentiate, you're looking to build brand loyalty, uh, customers, referrals, a bigger, bigger legacy. It's thinking ahead. But Richard, what are some of the things that you've learned on your journey of what to avoid, whether again, it's through something you've tried or maybe it's something you've heard, you're bound to know a couple of things that people might wanna shy away from. I've got a few of them. So first of all, uh, avoid listening to your inner saboteur. Uh, that, that is the first thing. You have to have confidence that you can do what you're setting out to do. Um, facilitation is not an easy task. Um, facilitation of conversation, cutting off long talkers, keeping people on track, making sure that 
the discussion is around the thing that you want to discuss, but being open to hearing those other nuances that may be the next topic that you want to talk about. Um, I think being overly agendized, is that a word? I think it's a word. We're going to go with it being a word today. Yes. Um, so being overly agendized, i.e., um, we're going to do intros for the first seven and a half minutes. Then we're going to talk about this for 20 minutes. Then we're going to talk, let it flow, let it happen the way that it should. Community is about give and take. It is not about the person who has the mic being the only person that has the mic. I think that's one of the biggest differences. I see a lot of things out there called round tables. A lot of them. Um, well, many in the accounting space, many in the non-accounting space. But what they in fact are, are one person talking about their beliefs and giving the room five to 10 minutes at the end. <clears throat> hey there, this is Kenny from Growth Amplifiers, here to ensure you get your awesome ideas into action to grow and improve your business and achieve your full potential. Take the first step by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the start here button. Take the assessment to get your personalized score. Then select from free resources to learn how to improve your score. Don't wait. Be proactive and take action now by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the start here button. And always keep on amplifying. Now, let's get back to the show. You know, it's interesting. When you said that, Richard, there was like an ominous, thundery sound in the background that kind of just rose up. It was really cool. I don't know if you timed it, but that was. That I did was not. Nice. I actually. So, <laughs> quick side note: Palm sure. Springs, California, was built because in the old Hollywood studio days, the contract players could not be more than a hundred miles city hall to city hall away from Hollywood, mm -hmm. and city hall to city hall in Palm Springs is ninety nine point nine miles away. This is the furthest destination they could get away to. And so everything was built around the airport, which is directly across the street from the um, uh, the city hall. And, and so everybody is in the flight path here. And uh, that was a giant plane that was taking off because usually my house is rather soundproofed and you don't hear the planes, but that one even shook the walls. It was loud and <laughs> thunderous. So I wish I could have timed that, but unfortunately I had nothing to do with it. That's a cool little... Cool little interesting fact, little interesting fact. And I'm going to put you now on the hot seat for the advisor's sure. picks, my friend. So yeah. this is this is kind of like off the cuff, quick answer sort of thing. And just seeing you can give a shout out to something that you think is helpful, preferably uh, not something that's everyone would just run to it. Maybe something that's a little bit lesser known. Okay. Um, and the first thing we're talking about is a productivity tool and if you have something else that's like well it's not a productivity tool but it's a cool tool something you'd like to share a cool tool or software um just feel free to shout it out and we'll take a note i'm, I'm going to shout out four actually because okay. when i saw it i, like I was like, oh, i know exactly what i'm going to talk about <laughs> so the the first one is um any combination of two of these and because two of these apps are actually competitors and they are in our apps roundtable. 
and they work together on features and all the things and and keeping the products separate but encouraging if somebody isn't right for one they go they send them to the other um with a with a warm introduction but lycia financial sense and keeper are three of the best productivity tools that i know it's there it's the combination of workflow and communication so workflow financial sense is a workflow tool keeper is a month end tool and lycio is a communications tool now all three of the tools have communications but lycio by far that's their main focus i always say when you're picking out productivity tools you want to look at what the main focus of the app is not the sideline features right okay so that's those are the three and then this the fourth one is one that i just discovered and i am thrilled to be using it it is an app called anchor and um the reason that i love it is because they take care of um renewals and charges and uh, um all of that but instead of it being a percentage of whatever is being charged it is five dollars a transaction so whether it is uh whether it is uh, a one thousand dollar per month charge a ten thousand dollar per month charge or a fifty thousand dollar per month charge it is five dollars per user it is designed for both um uh, users of uh accounting software mm -hmm. and as well as their clients it's a great tool to get people on it plugs a lot of revenue leaks really nice he's going for the extra credit this is this is how richard rolls i'm gonna i'm gonna throw one more little plug in all those others you can find by doing a quick search anchor and i'm working with this, them on this their URL is hard to find because it's such a generic word. So if you were to go online and look for anchor, it's hard to, it's hard to find it. Say anchor.com. Say anchor.com. Anchor. Exactly. All right. Now we're shooting into book book, whether it be a book physical or oh, audio. Fantastic. I am terrible with uh, memorizing the names of the books that I love, but I have them on a shelf. But um, Donald Miller's book, uh, Brand, your story brand. Story, Knowing Your Story Brand, I think mm -hmm. is the name. Uh, that is an amazing book that teaches a lot of lessons about what your brand means, how it comes together, how, what it looks like to others. Um, etc. I think it's one of the best books on branding I've ever seen in my entire life. And there are so many other lessons in it. The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist is one that I, I also firmly believe in. Um, and then you're going to laugh at the third one. But I come back to it at least once a year. And it's Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Uh -huh. Sue. I think it, it it says so much about somebody gave that to me for graduation. And I latch back onto it about once a year because it speaks to me. It is, it's simple messaging. It is in, entirely easy to read in five minutes. Um, but it packs such a punch that I, I can't live without that book in my life. I have heard very many great things about that book and how it's touched many. I'm a fan. 
it's been some time since I've read it, um, but not that long ago, maybe a few years since I have shared it with other beings on this planet. Uh, all right, now, so we're talking about events, and this could be preferably in-person events, a conference or something maybe that you know of or uh, are tuned to, but it, it could also go into the virtual world if you know of an event that would be worth sharing. I do. Um, my favorite conference is definitely QuickBooks Connect. Um, I, I love it for many, many reasons, but I feel like it is where you are going to meet and see some amazing minds and brains and thought processes. Um, I like the, the way that they have laid out the conference. Um, and I, I, I think that Intuit really does it right. Um, the next one is, um, and that is an in-person event, mm -hmm. which is back from it in December. Um, in fact, Kenny, you took the very first picture of all the pictures that uh, I have on my camera roll uh, at that conference. And it's one of my favorites. So thank uh -huh. you, because it was after, so we've been doing Roundtable for eight years. And that was our very first live in-person session ever. And so we didn't know how it was going to go. We, I was nervous, all the things. I have no problem saying I was, I, I was like, oh, it's either going to be great or it's going to be a <laughs> failure. And I was ready for either, but I was really working towards greatness. Um, but you stayed after and took the first picture of all the pictures I took at Connect. So thank you for that. You got it. Um, I am also going to say that there's a hidden gem out there that is completely free. It's virtual and they have thousands of attendees. It, it, it is great for CPAs, bookkeepers, EAs, the entire spectrum of the bookkeeping planet. But um, it's called Ensuring Success. It's usually mid, mid to late December. It's put out by, it's put on by CPA practice advisor, Gail Perry runs, runs this conference. And it, it is a lot of thought provoking stuff. Vendors are absolutely part of the sponsor part of it, but there are no booths for them to go to. They do not have the vendors taking up an hour of time talking about how they can make uh, something better in your life through their app. If the vendors want to speak, they have to speak about some kind of thought-provoking thing that's happening in the industry and really level up. And it's kind of a, a amazing to watch because you – you see big group discussions. You you see some amazing small group discussions, but it's two jam-packed days in late December called Ensuring Success. I can't recommend it enough. Highly love the idea of vendors coming up and sharing thought-provoking ideas, helpful conversations, not just here's this app. One, one other thing, and I, I was really mad at myself that I missed out on it because it was – the second year that COVID had been in existence, I was asked to be a speaker there. And they typically film this high production values at a TV studio in Dallas, Texas. I was still very weary of travel because just too many things had gone on at that point. And so I, I was in one of the very first sessions of that day. All of my co-panelists were in the studio and they kind of forgot that I was there. <laughs> and so I went, hey, hey, don't forget me. 
And uh, I think I got two sentences in in that panel, but they learned a lesson about how to handle a hybrid scenario because most of the time it is live in studio and um, insanely interactive. Insanely, insanely. I, I love that. We're going on to four or five. This is a show, so it could be a YouTube channel, a podcast show, TV show if there if you think of one, just something that you you may tune into, you may say, hey, this is worth checking out. I don't watch a lot of TV or videos. I would I, I am definitely not the norm. I can read 10 times faster than I can watch a video. So I always prefer transcripts and I will read transcripts. I don't have a favorite YouTube. I, I watch YouTube to listen to music. I, I know that there's a lot of good YouTube content. It's just not my content that I want to um, just get at. But let's see. And I also don't watch a lot of television. So this is going to be a hard one for me. Everything else has been softball, man. Um, but on television, I think uh, the shows, I can't even remember the name, where the two guys try to break a particular concept. uh, uh is there a podcast that do that oh, you tune into? I, I do. I tune in regularly to the cloud accounting podcast. I think uh, um, Blake and Dave have it down to a science. Um, in the early days, it was a there was a little TMZ attitude in there, but I think that's evolved into much more of an informative scenario. Um, but yeah, I, I that's where I get most of my uh, accounting news, or at least where it sparks the start. Because they are on top of that, like nobody's business. Um, uh, before, so again, I wish I could remember the name of podcasts. I listen to podcasts, but they are, they're truly just next up on my playlist. And so I don't think about them, but uh, what's the one? This is how it's built. Again, the names escape me, but I, I know the content. Mythbusters was the TV show. Sorry. I get a lot out of Mythbusters. It teaches me how to critically think. And I'm actually writing a book on critical thinking. So it's really cool that. Yeah. Um, But um, yeah, on this one, I'm stumped on names and I'm sorry. No, you've Um, got more than extra credit. You're, you're still doing fine. You're acing it. Awesome. Uh, Okay. So we're doing a, the last one is if you had a thought leader or, somebody who you'd like to give a shout out who might be a good guest for growth amplifiers. Again, we're looking for other advisors that, uh, who, who have their own expertise. They're aiming to serve a world and make a bigger impact and, and looking to share value. Well, I'm going to give you two names. I think one has already been on your show before, but I, I think not, not only are they thought leaders individually, Mm -hmm. but coming together, they've amplified it 50 times. And that's, um, that's Tanya Schulte mm-hmm. and Dave Kirsting. Dave is a name that you probably haven't heard of yet, but he is getting out there more and more and more yet is key. By this time next year, I think everybody will know his name. He is, he is really ramping it up. He's been on probably 10 or 15 Lysio uh, webinars. He's starting, he, he did one for Financial Sense with me. He's starting to do quite a bit more public facing Mm -hmm. but when it comes to critically thinking the combination of tanya schulte and dave kirsting and myself i think make an amazing combo 
but together they have really honed in on and perfected this and i don't want to say perfected because nothing is actually ever perfected they're still honing in all the things on a on a very consistent and regular basis but they're doing a concept called co-firming mm-hmm. which i don't think a lot of people are doing and it's it, it's different and i don't want to describe it incorrectly so i'm just going to stay at a fifty thousand foot view but co-firming is about two firms coming together in what might be a typical scenario where hey we're going to sub out some work to this firm but we still own the contract it's not that both firms are involved with the client both firms are aware that there are two firms rather than one involved Um, they make decisions together they're able to really work out scenarios where um, the best person is doing the work rather than the assigned account manager is doing the work uh, because they have the resources of both of their companies. They they make sure that no matter what, let's say that Dave did 100% of the work this month, but the way that they have it situated in terms of pay is that they talk it through every month. Who did the majority? Who did, you know, did what? But no one will ever be below 25% of the payout um, because even if that person didn't do any work that month, they probably gave more time than the next or the previous. And so there was a reason. So everybody is always compensated, but the compensation has, uh, I think in their case with the first few clients, they have uh, four pay agreements. So it's either 2575, 5050, or 7525. And and it has been working well for well over a year. Like enough to where we want to bring this to the rest of the world to talk about. So I think that a combination of the three of us would be a great, great next idea. That's pretty cool. I like that one. And I I was at the live roundtable to hear more of that in from both parties. And I must say, I, I really did appreciate how they were sharing sharing that feedback and and how they were able to cultivate that relationship because it does take trust right you and what i like your role in there it was helpful to have a guide to help them to figure out a way to to find that common ground i i help them find the common ground by by asking the questions that they weren't going to ask each other because they were nicing each other to death and so I was asking the questions like, let's talk about a breakup agreement. Let's treat this like a prenup. What happens to the economics if the client doesn't want one of the firms in any longer? What about if the client comes to one of them and says, I have a referral for you? Then how do you keep the hard feelings from happening? All of those things we covered right up front so that they have a framework that's more than, okay, let's do this thing. <laughs> And then let's let's come into those weird conversations when something goes sideways, because sideways will happen. But if you've had those conversations beforehand, you know how to address them. Richard, for those people who are tuning in, they're like, like I have. And I'm like, this guy's flipping great. I need to find a way to collaborate with this man somehow. Uh, I appreciate his mission in the world. And if even if someone's maybe not that far along, (laughs) but they're saying, hey, this guy really kind of has some awesome things to say. And I want to learn more about what he, who he is and what he does, where can they go and what could they do? What's the best way for them to start engaging with Richard? Two, two places. So 
if they're interested in, in the community side of the work that I do, Roundtable Labs, or as you had on there, Roundtable Lab, will get them there too. Um, uh, we have every combination, Roundtable Dash Labs, Roundtable Dash Lab, Roundtable Lab, etc. So however you want to get there, get there. Uh, there's a, a, a menu item there called Find Your Roundtable because we have a lot of them and all of them have different starting points. Um, they're all designed so that they can jump into one at any time. It's not like, oh, we have to wait until the next quarter for you to be in this. No, it's all designed, open communication. We have new members pretty much all the time. Okay, then the next place is go to richardropa.com. Mm -hmm. And that is a direct Calendly scheduler. If anybody wants to get on my... Uh, radar to talk about one-on-one, -on -one. Um, or if they they have lingering questions about roundtable labs, we we have they can do that. But I also um, oftentimes we have every Monday morning we have a roundtable labs info session where we can go through whatever questions they have along with talking them through which roundtable might be best for them. So that's set up already on Mondays, and they can sign up for that directly at richardropa.com. I love it uh, because, you know, I reached out to Richard and connected, and I have valued the time that I was able to connect with him and get some of his energy, some of his perspective. He really does come to serve, and I highly appreciate that about him. Again, if you haven't tuned into Growth Amplifiers, make sure you do that. Share your comments. If you have comments coming in, we'll try to get them to Richard. And we do appreciate you passing out this message. As a final parting gift, you've been dropping the bomb of knowledge throughout this whole interview. One of the traditional things that we have is we the way we end segments is if you could just share something that you've learned on your journey that may be helpful for someone on theirs doesn't have to be related to anything that you do or an industry, just a life lesson that you've learned. That would be great closing thought. I have two, as always, I'm going to do extra credit. So <laughs> the first one is whenever you're talking with prospects or clients, make sure to have a, a couple of minutes about the personal. You have something in common with everybody, even if it's just that you're human. So talk to people as if they're people and not just prospects, because that's, that's where relationships start is when you get them talking about themselves and then you get to talk about yourself. That's how relationships are formed. The second one is don't be afraid to try out something. Like I said, Roundtable Labs, was nothing I had on paper. It happened by accident. It was something I wasn't planning for. And I was agile enough to recognize there's an opportunity in this. And and course correct along the way. And I'm, I'm gonna be very honest. We, I didn't know what to charge at the beginning. And I was undercharging for all of that. So course correct and adjust as you go. And don't be afraid to try new things. And don't be afraid to be yourself in front of the people that you need to keep you sane. Um, I have a wide circle of people that are in my gravity well, 
but I, I have an inner circle that I reach out to for, Hey, is this a good decision? Is this something I should be doing? What do you think about this? Um, and oftentimes it's, Hey, you should take that to the bigger circle. Um, rather than this mini board of advisors I've, I, I work with. So, um, yeah, don't be afraid to collect opinions and try new things because you know what, as much as we hear it, you know, there's this automated tool for this and this automate, and we all feel like, oh, the job is getting squeezed down to nothing. It's never going away. Accounting is always needed. Human interaction in, in the accounting space is what is craved by many, many people. So don't be afraid to try something different. You may just find it's your thing. Richard, thank you so much for your time and for being the amplifier in the world you are. And thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you. We'll catch you on the flip side. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.